Today on CityCast Boise, Hey Boise newsletter editor Blake Hunter is here to break down the stories of the week. We're talking climate change in context, the newest lawsuit around Idaho abortion laws, and why waiting in line at the Boise Soul Food Festival is so worth it. Plus, an exciting dog adoption update. It's Friday, August 11th. I'm Frankie Barnhill filling in for Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Blake, happy Friday. How are you? Happy Friday. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm glad that it's we have another summer weekend ahead of us. I know, I know. And it's, uh, you know, mid-August, which I honestly can't believe, but I thought it'd be fun to do kind of like a summer vibe check to to start us off. Um, starting with, honestly, uh, the heat, uh, which you wrote about in the Hey Boise newsletter. And the good news is actually so far, Boise's had like a more mild summer, uh, at least when it comes to the heat, but it's not the full picture. Like I want that to be the full picture, yeah. right? <laughs> I do too. Uh, So I wrote this article this week and it was a real kind of slap in the face because I started looking into it with like some excitement because I was like, this summer has just not been as bad as it has in recent summers. This is also my first complete summer with central air. So that Uh, makes a difference. Sure. Yep. Um, But it has been better. And so, but then once I actually started looking into it, I was like, ooh, there's, there's a bigger picture here. So specifically... The reason that this summer has felt milder is just because the last two summers were just incredibly hot. Um, the biggest kind of difference that I could that I really found was that um, in 2021, 2021 was the hottest summer that Boise's ever had. Uh, the hottest July on record with an average 83.8 degrees, and that in that's 24 seven. That includes all of the time, um, <laughs> which is just wild. And since you know. We've been recording those temperatures, which is about 1877. The average temperature for July is like 77 degrees. So it's, you know, over six degrees hotter, uh, or it was in 2021. Um, But actually, our July this year was also the sixth hottest ever recorded, um, (laughs) which is rough. Um, But the big difference here is that in 2022, there were 23 days over 100 degrees. In the entire summer, 23. And then in 2021, there were 18. And that was the third highest ever in 2022 was the highest ever. So this year, we've only had eight so far. So that that is where the difference is, really. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of our recency bias. Because, yeah, I definitely have 2021 and 2022 scarred into my brain. Yes. Um. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's just also, I think, you know, we've had less smoky days so far. Um, I'll like knock on wood. I bet September we'll, we'll see some more coming in, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, we do just have a different benchmark that we need to be working with. So from 1877 to up until now, the average temperature in July, like I said, was 77 degrees. But since the 21st century, uh, that has changed to the average temperature in July is 78.8 degrees. So it's a whole point, 1.7 degrees hotter on average this century than it ever has before. So we just have a different benchmark. Yep. Uh, you know, it's kind of an, an adage at this point that like, this is the hottest summer we've ever had. And it's also going to be the coolest one for the rest of your life, <laughs> um, which is a tough pill to swallow, but it's, that's kind of where we're at. 
Yeah, the real term new normal, uh, yeah. like really sitting with that and what that means uh, when you take data from from more than a century ago um, and compare it. So, okay, do we know what like next week's forecast? Are we going to see 100 again anytime soon? We could. We're kind of going to be knocking on it um, in the high, high 90s for sure. It's going to be pretty clear and just sunny, um, which, you know, we've had quite a bit of cloud cover recently. Uh, we had like a nice little storm that ran through um, earlier this week, which was lovely. It felt a little unseasonal, but who doesn't love a late summer thunderstorm? Maybe even humid. You're, you're, <laughs> you're feeling like it's humid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were just talking about this where I, yeah, I just like grew up in the desert. And so sometimes I will just walk outside and be like, what is going on? Why do I feel weird? And I'm like, oh, it's the humidity. I'm just not used to thinking that it that is a possibility of what's happening. Why do I not need to put lotion on as often? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's weird. Uh, but yeah, so it, it's going to be a little bit hotter uh, next week, but certainly not as hot as it could be. Well, uh, this weekend looks like it'll be pleasant and that's perfect because uh, I just also wanted to talk about, you know, kind of the vibes this summer, like uh, fun things to do. Obviously, there's just so many things to check off your list through the summer. And one of them for a lot of people is the Boise Soul Food Festival, which is again happening this Saturday at Julia Davis Park. Uh, we did a podcast episode last year when we had just started CityCast Boise about how they returned to Julia Davis after a long time away. Um, are you are you planning on going? Are you going to go check it out? Yeah, I, I have a pretty full weekend, but I do want to go um, just because anytime there's a big event around food, I want to go. But I went last year was my first time, but I kind of went later in the day. So I, I do need some tips, though. What, what are your recommendations for how to go about this? Oh, man. Well, I mean, first off, same with me. That last year was the first time I'd ever gone and it was packed. I think I was there at like three or maybe like two or something like that. And the food was still going. There was still food available, but the lines were so, so, so long and it was so packed, which is thrilling. It's so exciting. And, you know, this this festival is like so important for the black community in Boise and for black businesses and to show up and support, um, you know, as white people, like recognizing that, recognizing the the longstanding history of black people in our community, um, you know, in a very white state with a very dark history and uh, present. <laughs> um, but I, I would say just, you know, the general recommendation is go, go early, right? Do you think that would help? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I think that that's kind of the plan of attack just because that will give you more options. Just be, yeah, kind of ready to stand, um, stand around in line, wait around. But that's kind of also the vibe. Yeah, totally. It's the vibe. <laughs> like meet people, you know, like this is supposed to be like a joyful celebration. So um, lean in and just like try to have fun. Don't, you know, don't be ridiculous. Don't like... <laughs> take up space that isn't yours, but like try to go have fun. I want to shout out like um, one of my favorite uh, restaurants is going to be their O Vegan Soul, um, which is vegan, but is honestly some of the best soul food that I've had in Boise. Mm. So uh, I want to shout them out. But any food that you're going to get there is probably going to be great. And there'll be live performances and music and that kind of thing, too. Yeah, Sherry Baber, one of the organizers of the festival, who's just a delight. She told us last year how her, what her tip was that I thought was brilliant. 
partly because she's so busy, she's running around running a, a really busy and popular festival, is she gets a cooler and she has like her 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 grandchildren go around and get a bunch of food for her, let it cool down and then put it into Tupperware and store it for her in her cooler so that she can eat it for like the next it. week. It's brilliant. So smart. So there might be a, a version of that. Um, some other vendors, uh, Brandon Timberlake uh, with Timberlake Cuisine. He's going to have brisket, the place to feed your face, uh, catfish, gumbo, peach cobbler, collard greens, all that good stuff. There's a bunch of other vendors um, for people to check out. And maybe that's my tip is maybe have a plan. Like if there's something you really want to have, look for that vendor, find them. And if they have a long line, but you're committed to eating it, then get in line and wait and, do it. and enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So excited. Have fun, everybody. I know it'll be great. Um, also, other things coming up. We still have some other festivals. So Goathead Fest, just to mark the calendar for next Saturday, the 19th. That's at Cecil Andrus Park in downtown. There's the bike parade, the party. Um, I remember the days when it was still Tour de Fat, and then they changed it over to Goathead Fest. My days to going to that festival are probably behind me. Um, <laughs> it was debaucherous in the best way possible in my 20s. Uh, but I would love to have been able to see <laughs> you, you there. <laughs> Like. Oh yeah, yikes! Oh no, it was it was a great time. It was a great time. Um, and Blake, are you gonna go? Have you gone before? Um, I have like seen it going on around town, um, or like downtown before, but I haven't really gone. Um, but I do have some friends that are like more involved in it this year, so I'd like to yeah at least stop by, just because it's yeah it's so cool. Like it's just such a cool idea and such a cool focus. I'm excited that. Like Boise is having more conversations about bicycling in general um, as like a means of transportation. Um, and this feels like a great way to celebrate that. For sure. And actually, we're going to have a podcast episode next week on uh, on uh, probably Monday about um, some recent research that's been done at Boise State about goat heads and uh, where they occur in our community and some kind of equity issues around that. That's kind of uh, interesting. So listen for that for sure. Yeah. Uh, of course, summer comes with swimming. Um, what's the latest on Boise pools? Are they still open? What's happening? Yeah, so there's um, some summer some already closed. So uh, the natatorium's last day is tomorrow. It's the Saturday, the the twelfth. Um, so if you want to go, make sure to go. And then the Fairmont uh, is already closed. Ivy Wild and Bora um, are going to be open a couple more weeks. So yeah, that's kind of the layout of the pools. You know, there's still. I mean, again, knock on wood, but we haven't had too many like algae blooms uh, right. in ponds or anything yet this year. The Boise River is still pretty high for this time of year, so there's still swimming to be had. Yeah, floating, all of that still still is a thing. What do you think? Do you have anything on your bucket list that you still need to to check off? What have you not done yet? I mean, I haven't gone floating a preposterous amount of times yet. I've gone a few <laughs> times yet, but I want to hit... A few times? That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, my, my friends and I are kind of getting it down to a bit of a science of getting off uh, on like a weekday kind of thing rather than doing it on the weekend. Because some of the weekdays, weekend days this year have been the busiest of all time. Um, and I have done that and whew, it really takes it out of me. Um, but <laughs> I want to, something I haven't done yet this summer that we talked about uh, on the podcast and other places earlier this summer is like to get out to a winery and just kind of hang out. Um, which yes. feels a little bit more like late summer, early fall vibe to me anyway. I don't know why, but um, that is definitely, that's got to happen for sure. 
like harvesty, but not. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a smart idea, especially like if you can couple that with like hitting up, like go get some peaches or something like that out in, in 2C. Um, that sounds brilliant. I think sticking by the water, even though it's not as not been as hot, is always the best bet. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, so we're we're headed to the end of the summer, which of course means that can't believe it, but school's starting up again soon. Uh, the Boise School District, they're starting on August 16th. And Boise State University, their first day of classes is on the 21st, which brings us to a story that you've been following. Um, get us up to speed on this new lawsuit that was just filed that involves a Boise State professor. So a group of professors from around Boise, uh, from around Idaho, excuse me, and um, two professor uh, unions um, have filed this lawsuit against uh, the state for the No Public Funds for Abortion Act, um, which is a 2021 bill. So it, this isn't a an actual abortion ban. Um, so it's a little bit different from what the other pieces of legislation around and lawsuits around abortion have been. This one is specifically the No Public Funds for Abortion Act aims to kind of make it so that professors and other people who are paid by the state in some way so that they can't encourage or like counsel um, abortion. Uh, the, the, the specific phrasing is procure, counsel in favor, refer to or perform an abortion. You know, this is designed to target a lot of state employees, but uh, this was passed in 2021. So I think we can all kind of understand at that time, like this was very much focused on colleges and universities. Right. Um, so now these groups, this group of professors has come forward and said that is unconstitutional because it's stifling their freedom of speech. Like this does not really pertain to specific abortion bans, medical bills or anything like that. They're just saying that this is, quote unquote, sweeping and unclear. Um and violates their like free speech and due process rights. So there's um, a group of University of Idaho professors in on it, and then one Boise State professor. But yeah, they're arguing against this because the um, a violation of this bill, which they're saying is pretty unclear, like it's hard to tell where the line is here. The violation, uh, the penalty can be a misdemeanor or felony up to you know prison time of up to 14 years. So that's kind of what they're arguing here. Yeah. And termination of employment, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And that, so that phrase, the specific phrase within that larger clause, the counsel in favor is like, what does counsel in favor mean? Does it mean a classroom discussion where a student happens to bring up abortion access? And what is the professor's responsibility in that moment? Do they shut that down? Uh, or if they're talking about, if they're in a class that's talking specifically about like the anatomy of reproduction and abortion is a topic that's in the, the textbook. Like, what are they supposed to do? Um, totally. Yeah. yeah, this is this is fascinating. I mean, it's of course, it's not the only uh, law around abortion, really, that's been challenged um, by a lawsuit, right? We're, we're kind of r racking up a tally at this point. Yeah, so we're we're racking these up. Um, this is now the fourth um, lawsuit. So one that was the most recent one is uh, regarding the um, quote unquote abortion trafficking law uh, that restricts people from being able to help minors get an abortion out of state. Uh, that's the most recent lawsuit. But yeah, this is the fourth, and they're all on Idaho taxpayer money. 
Kelsey uh, Mosley Morris with uh, State's Newsroom um, did a good job of digging into the lawsuit, which you know is like forty-two pages or whatever. And there are specific examples, even of of uh, ways that professors have already altered their curriculum. Yeah. Uh, like one professor like removed a whole section around reproductive health um, in a biomedical uh, ethics class, I think it was, and like sociology professors, journalism classes. Uh, uh, like this is this is wide reaching. Good context to know, of course. You know, uh, one of the people who who helped to push this through in 2021 was um, Blaine Kanzati, who's in charge of the Idaho Family Policy Center, and you know he argues that the First and Fourteenth Amendments protect this law. That this, you know, that he's confident that this lawsuit won't go anywhere. But yeah, we'll we'll see how it proceeds through the courts. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how this will proceed because, you know, this bill was passed in 2021. Back back then, you know, a huge, huge conversation that we were having um, was, which we're still having, but this was really the focus point um, for a while, was higher education um, yes. expenses, higher education budgets, um, critical race theory. Like that, that conversation was just such a huge backlash from like the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests that were happening. And... I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting. Like I was a student at Boise State at the time and I was covering it at like the student newspaper. And it's just, I remember when professors started kind of hamming up about it a little bit. Like they, mm. they, it really became clear to them when it became real and when they were no longer sure like what they could talk about. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting that it's taken two years to get to this point. Um, but I'm really, really curious to see how this part plays out because, you know, they've had to kind of deal with some other pieces of legislation that have come down, but this one feels particularly interesting. And I think that again, of course, you know, this is Idaho. I'm sure that we will start seeing this in other States as well. Yeah, totally. We're, we're the test. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> Well, let's let's talk about something uh, fun that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. We're doing our Dog Days of Boise series, a bunch of fun conversations about how much we love our dogs, but also some kind of deeper conversations about the culture of being like a dog parent or choosing to to raise a dog instead of uh, uh, of, of having a, a human child, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I know that you heard something from a reader about uh, an element of like, yeah, what people do with their dogs in Boise. I had never heard of this. I hadn't either. I, yeah, this was, I mean, this is kind of why we wanted to do this yeah. uh, series a little bit was because <laughs> we wanted to figure out the ways that Boise interacts, like the ways that dogs are part of our culture in ways that even the people who are obsessed with dogs don't even know about kind of thing. So I had a reader write in talking about her dog, Zena, uh, who is a member of the Boise Fly Dogs uh, group. So this is like an athletic competition. Like, I, I don't know. I've watched videos <laughs> on it now and I'm still not totally sure what it is. But um, apparently like the the fly dogs and also um, like fly ball and these other dog sports are pretty new to Boise and to Idaho generally, but they're growing. Like they're becoming this uh, kind of part of all, our culture here and our dog culture here, which I'm so excited about. They, there's like a Boise Fly Dogs group that meets um, pretty regularly. They like travel to Oregon uh, in June for this big, like a national competition. Um, what? There's a sport called Barn Hunt um, and other things. So yeah, 
that that reader really sent me down a real rabbit hole this week, which was such a joy. But yeah, there's this whole aspect of our of our community and culture that I didn't know about. So if you think that your dog might be interested or you might be interested, you should check it out because it's it's really cool. Yeah, I'm seeing like very athletic looking dogs on this website. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, a lot you of know, border collies. Yeah. A lot of border collies, a lot of, lot of worker dogs who need something to do. This seems like so smart. Honestly, I think Daphne could get into this, although she might get tired faster than the other dogs. Okay, yeah. She does have plenty of energy. <laughs> when she's on it, I'm sure her focus would be great. Exactly. We were like, we think we know how important dogs are to our culture, but let's learn about things we, we weren't aware of. And one of the things we, um, yeah, we had a conversation at, I'm so happy to bring this update to everybody. If you listened to our conversation last week with the West Valley Humane Society director, um, Jennifer told us about some capacity issues they've been struggling with on and off this summer, Um, you know, kind of like leftover stuff from COVID and just how everything got messed up as well as Boise being a place where other states send their dogs because they get adopted out um, into good families. Well, during that conversation last week, she shared two very good dogs who really needed to be adopted. And uh, we have great news. Um, <laughs> Pelican and Cal L have both found their forever homes. And <laughs> I'm just so happy. I'm so happy for them. <laughs> I know. I so. I found a couple puppies that I have uh, just mm-hmm. been looking at just kind of constantly. <laughs> it's not good. It's not healthy. Um, Groot and Nebula and their names. They're so cute. I hope that they find a good place. But two months ago, yeah, or, or almost two months ago, someone in our team like sent a photo of Pelican, uh, who is this dog, and he's just such so sweet. And he's like several years old, you know, so he's kind yeah. of that prime like area of like might stay at the shelter for a while. And so... I've just been used to seeing him on their list. And then yesterday I just went and checked and I was like, where's Pelican? I know. Where's Pelican? And then you reached out and we found out <laughs> yeah. that they were actually adopted. I Nothing. Yeah. It's so exciting. The best breaking news we could pros- possibly bring our listeners, Absolutely. to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I will say, if, you, if you're listening and you adopted either Pelican or Cal-El, yeah. uh, we would love <gasps> to see a photo of them. Oh my gosh. Like if, if you want, I, I, don't, I would always be happy to. We don't even have to share it. No, totally. We just we just want to share in the joy of the fact yeah, that you adopted these absolutely. two very good dogs. Um, and there are so many other sweet ones on the site right now. I love also, of course, how they do like the glamour shots. Like I know, I'm, re- they're so I'm good. really loving um, Sloan. She's a, a Siberian Husky mix. She's a Ooh. year old. Great name. I love that so much. There's also like, um, oh, Cascade. Cascade's an 11, 11 year, 10 month old um, Chow Chow German shepherd mix and he seems like a sweet sweet boy so there are so many good ones yeah so many good ones um well we're we're yeah we're we're still talking about dogs we're gonna be talking about dogs the rest of the month and uh you know the big question that we are asking overall with this series is can we crown ourselves can we give ourselves the title of being the dog friendliest city in america uh we hope the answer is yes we're kind of building up to that tell us what you think uh are there things about boise that kind of aren't so dog friendly that we should know about. Um, and also, yeah, please email us more photos of your dogs because we're, we're adding those to our website all the time. So email us boise at citycast.fm. Blake, thanks so much for rounding up the news with me this week. And I hope you eat some really good food at the Soul Food Festival. I'm so excited. And I hope you get to spend some time by some water. Yes. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, that's all for today here on CityCast Boise. The show was produced by Evelyn Avitia, Emma Arnold, A.K. Almumen, and me, Frankie Barnhill. Blake Hunter writes our Hey Boise newsletter with editing help from Adrian Gonzalez this week. Our music is by local band Up Is It Down Is The. If you enjoyed our show today, leave us a review. It helps other people find us. We'll be back Monday with more stories from around the city. See you then. Bye.